everybody. Welcome to Across the Bifrost. This is the Mighty Thor podcast, where on each and every episode, we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. I am your host, Ryan Doz, And on today's episode, this is one that I've talked about for a little while. We mentioned it a few weeks back. We're finally going to talk about Moon Knight. And I know you tuned in for a Thor podcast and you're like, how is he going to do this? I'm like, well, I'm going to do it the way that we've done it so many times in the past. We're going to correlate a Thor story to Moon Knight, and then we're going to talk about Disney Plus's Moon Knight, just wrapped up a little bit ago. But for this journey into the night, I have a fantastic guest coming on the show right now. Michelle from Moonlit Comics is here to talk about Moon Knight and Thor. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate the invite. I love the podcast, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun today. Well, thank you very much. I, I I really enjoy I really enjoy hearing that from people that also do content. And it's like, hey, I enjoy them. Like, oh my gosh, like creator to creator. Thank you very much. Uh, but we're we're here today to talk about two things. Uh, we're here to talk about a Thor and uh, Thor and Moon Knight story. Really, it's an Avengers story, so it's a lot of different people's story. We're talking about the uh, 2020 kind of summer big event for the Avengers called Age of Conchu, which if those of you that are tuning in maybe don't know Moon Knight comics that well, you maybe know the name Conchu from the TV show. This story is all about Mark Spector and Conchu and fighting the Avengers, and it's great. We're going to talk about that in depth with Michelle. We're also going to, like I said, we're going to talk about Marvel Studios Moon Knight, and that's going to be a lot of fun. But before we dig into those things, I wanted us to get to know Michelle from Moonlit Comics, which, by the way, I know your last name is not from from Moonlit Comics, but I've heard so <laughs> many of my friends be like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's Michelle from Moonlit Comics. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like it's your title, which I don't, I just feel like that's how I always hear you referred to as. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess when, when you pick an Instagram name or a screen name, I mean, eventually you start just getting known as, as that name. And, um, I chose Moonlit for several different reasons. Um, I mean, one of them being the fact that I'm a big Moon Knight fan, but I've always just loved the moon and I've always collected like moon art and jewelry and just kind of been in, into it. So um, I'm also a big Star Wars fan. So, you know, awesome. many moons in, in that world and, and Moon Knight. And yeah, so it just stuck. And now everybody knows me as, as Moonlit. So, yeah, I'm <laughs> totally fine. Totally fine with that. Are there some people that don't know you as Michelle? Yeah, it's like funny because it, um, I've gone to uh, several comic conventions now and yeah. um, everyone has to introduce themselves by their Instagram or their YouTube handles <laughs> or you don't know who you're talking to. You're like, hey, I'm Michelle. They're like, oh, OK, nice to meet you. I'm like, no, cool. Moonlit Comics. They're like, oh, it's so cool to meet you. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's just so funny. It's like it's like if you met a famous person like off stage, they'd be like, hi, I'm uh, I'm Taylor. It's like, oh, cool. And like. I'm Taylor Swift. It's like, oh right. my gosh, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a few listeners who are like, really? Taylor Swift was the reference you went with? I'm like, hey, I like pop music. It's awesome. Uh, I mean, you have to love Taylor Swift. If, if you don't like Taylor Swift in, in some fashion, I have to question your sanity. She's yeah. America's sweetheart, right? I, right, right. <laughs> uh, if, you know, if you're if you're not into T-Swift, like, do you really belong here on the Thor podcast? I, I, <laughs> 
<laughs> so some of our listeners will be like, what the what the hell is happening? <laughs> like it's right, we're five is- minutes in. We're totally off the rails. Off but the rails. <laughs> you're talking about uh you you're picking your Instagram handle and picking, you know, kind of what you wanted to focus on when you got into comics. And I know like you have a fairly recent origin story. And like I, I think your origin story is refreshing. And I would love for the listeners to get to know you and your journey real quick. Sure. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll start by saying that when I first got into the the hobby, I started posting comics and stuff on my personal page. And then once I discovered how big the community is on Instagram and YouTube, I decided to create a separate um, page just for that. I'm so glad I did. And I'm so glad I I found the community because it's been an amazing journey. But I never in a million years thought I would collect comics, read comics, or even care about comics at all. Um, Honestly, I now in hindsight, I, I wish that I grew up reading comics. Um, I feel like, well, I don't know. I mean, the nineties weren't the best time for comics, but I grew up in the nineties and, but there was, there was still, yeah, we're, we're the same age. We're nineties kids. (laughs) So like talk about a terrible decade to be born in for comics. It's like, yeah, but I guess, I mean, I still would have loved it as a kid and and like the cartoons and all that. Um, We wouldn't have known any better. Like at all. Yeah. It would have been the coolest at the time. Um, But, you know, so now as an adult, um, it it turns out that my dad had collected some Star Wars comics um, before. So he passed away when I was very young. And uh, my mom, she has since remarried and um, they were getting ready to retire and move. So she started going through their storage unit and she came across uh, several boxes of my father's things that I didn't even know that she still had. And I found an envelope with only 14 issues of the volume one star wars run wow Um, but for some reason out of all of the cool things i found in those boxes that envelope of comics really um, just spoke to me and i i I was so interested um, you know just like seeing them and opening them and researching them and i just i decided that i wanted to complete the collection for him. Wow. And yeah, I, I just I felt like it was meant to be. I also I happened to find the comics on his birthday by chance. Oh, wow. And yeah. And like I, I was talking to my mom and I said, hey, I, I didn't know dad was into comics. And she said, yeah, you know, he started getting into it. He would look for for comics at antique shops. They were really big into going antiquing and stuff. Okay. So I said, you know, all right, uh, I'm going to just try to finish this for him as a way to feel connected to him now. And um, I I didn't think that that would lead me down this rabbit hole of uh, (laughs) collecting and reading and watching and just being so um, involved in this hobby. And I'd never really had a hobby before this. And uh, I've always the type, type of person who like, I would take up a hobby. It would last a month or two. I'd be so in, involved. And then I'd move on to the next thing. Been um, there. <laughs> yeah. So comics, I mean, it's it stuck. It's been um, a year, almost a year and a half now um, since That's I discovered insane. those. Yep. And, and, you know, so deciding to go to my local shop and see if they had any Star Wars issues and just kind of uh, learn as much as I could in a short period of time led me to uh, deciding I needed other characters to search for and something that I wanted to make my own. So I started with Ghost Rider. 
um, Son of Satan and Moon Knight. <laughs> wow. You, you started with the most popular MCU characters that you possibly could. It's like, I can just imagine that first, like that if they see you like as a new, new collector walking in, like, okay, she's going to ask for like Spider-Man or like I don't know, something like that. And like, uh, yes, I'd like your oldest issue of Ghost Rider, please. And like, wait, hold on. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I guess why I, those characters. So I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get into Spider-Man or Batman or any of the, like the major names just because a they have so many issues out there to collect it was kind of overwhelming and um i've always been into like uh, horror movies and things like that and ghost rider and son of satan kind of stood out to me um they just looked cool they were a little bit darker and like lesser known at least i thought at the time and so i i discovered the marvel spotlight run so oh, great from great stuff yes and then i i saw that um, moon knight had two issues in the marvel spotlight run and i said oh moon knight that sounds interesting you know like the name and everything and right? then I, the, the more i started to get to know the character um the more i was into him and then i discovered bill sinkevich and his art and wow um, yeah and of course like werewolf by night uh so it was kind of just this um I don't know, like a domino effect, uh, you know, yeah. through, through certain things, I started to discover other characters and other runs. And, but, uh, I mainly collect comics uh, from the bronze age and, um, but quickly through meeting friends in the community, I started to get introduced to modern comics. And now yeah. I, I read a whole bunch of, uh, of new stuff. I have a pull list. Uh, I just, um, I've just been enjoying the hell out of it. And I, uh, I've never, I had never read a modern Avengers run until you and I started chatting about, um, awesome. Well, I mean, yeah, this is like the most modern Avengers. Like this is just like a few years ago. This is like, well, this is height of height of COVID pandemic, uh, comics right here. So fun, I guess. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm curious because like, this is, this is like a comic book fans, like, when you hear someone is like, oh, yeah, I have a pull list at my local sh- store. My initial first thing was like, OK, what's on Michelle's pull list? Like, OK, um, so I really like a few lo- of your favorite books you're reading right now. OK, so top favorites that stand out um, that are like ongoing are Philadelphia. OK, and, um, Nita Hawes Nightmare Blog, which is a spinoff of Philadelphia. Um, okay. I really like Department of Truth is really cool. Yes. And uh, of course, the new the newer Moon Knight uh, series. Yeah, I think J- Jed McKay is writing that. It's okay. He is. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I really like the new Swamp Thing. I'm a big Swamp Thing fan. Um, so Who that's writing by that? Ram V. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yes, I knew the name was gonna pop up in my head once he said it. Okay, Swamp. Th- wow. I mean, that, it doesn't get m- much horror comics like of the main two. It doesn't get much more horror comics than a Swamp Thing. Yeah, uh, I, I really dig it. And I'm trying to, oh, Nice House on the Lake is awesome. Uh, okay. I really enjoyed that. I, I really like James Tynan. Um, I'm probably forgetting a whole bunch right now, but yeah, I, I've been really liking a lot of a lot of modern stuff. Um, but awesome. I guess I haven't really been reading a lot of uh, Marvel titles. Um, it's been mostly like indie and in, in DC, except for Moon Knight and... Um, yeah, so like I, I don't really know anything about the new Avengers run, awesome. and I went I went into this age of Conchu like blindly. But um, 
and I'm also very new to Jason Aaron as a writer, but I, I dig his style. So I'd be interested to catch up. Well, uh, it, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we talked about this a little bit, you know, you being new to Jason Aaron and, um, that like that like as a jason aaron like fan that gets me like so excited because i'm like oh my gosh here's like three books you could read right now that would just like blow your mind um he's awesome awesome writer and uh you you obviously know like we do a retrospective on him so um hopefully that has been helpful bringing you up to speed at least on his thor stuff because we're like we're far from done with that it's gonna it's gonna be a while my goal was to get it done by the time that love and thunder would come around we're not even gonna like we're not even gonna get close by the time that love and thunder comes around it was it was a, a pipe dream from the beginning i guess um but yeah we're so you're a moon knight fan relatively new collector and we're jumping into a modern story of a character that you love and appreciate and i i really like i wanted to get your a fresh perspective on this story because this story is bonkers age of conscience oh, yeah. oh, yeah. it's 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 crazy and it like it happens at different times there's so much going on and moon knight does so much stuff we've never seen moon knight do before um if you're like a relatively new moon knight fan or uh, let's be honest if you're just someone who's like you know what i knew he was having a show come out um uh, and like you know I'm going to watch the show, uh, but like, I don't really know anything about the character. Um, this might not be the place to start. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Um, I agree. But, but if you're more familiar with the character, like this, this is some crazy fun. Mark Spector, like does so much in this comic. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, are you, are you ready to jump into age of Conchu, Michelle? I, yeah, I, I, th- I think it sounds like we need, we need to jump in because you're right. This is a bonkers story. There's yeah. a lot going on and talk about like so many appearances, cameos oh from like across the universe. Like this feels like it should have been a, like a, a Marvel wide, like crossover event. Yes. But it, it was just in Avengers for what? Six, seven issues. Um, yeah. It, 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 it's like that. It's that classic like marvel summertime like event feel but yeah it's combined it's confined to one book and i'm like man hmm, this didn't like rule the summer it didn't have a million tie-ins and a thousand variant covers and okay we just get a you know and you you're holding the physical trade um that you you read um i'm i'm a digital comics guy because um i live in the middle of nowhere um and uh (laughs) like going to a comic book store is very exciting for me because i always ask my wife i'm like hey um can i sneak away to the comic book store like if we're in a bigger city like um i'm like yeah i'll only i'll only be and then i'll say an amount of time and she's like okay i'll see you in double that time double that time 100 <laughs> i'm just i'm there like just flipping through back issue bins i'm like oh this smell this smell alone like it's just old newsprint oh it's it's glorious anyway the best my, my my weird obsession with old comic book smells aside we get to this um this avengers run this jason aaron uh javier garone drawn run issue 33 of avengers it's part one of age of conchu and it starts with a bang like the the first the really the first issue is all about mark specter trying to collect all of these 
power sets and these these weapons uh from different characters he shows up he steals the he steals the uh the iron fist from danny rand just just does it like that's the first thing you see and then he goes and he collects dr strange's you know power as the sorcerer supreme he goes and takes the, the spirit of vengeance from robbie reyes as the ghost rider um i'm sure i'm forgetting one oh he steals the hammer from thor which is why yes. you're talking <laughs> about this today the the moon knight and thor have this big fight in the first issue and it gets like crazy uh th- there's there's a point in this first issue uh where the the big kind of twist the 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 twist of the issue is uh thor tries to throw mjolnir at moon knight while they're fighting on the moon because you know we got to stay on theme and uh the hammer just stops in front of mark specter and he informs thor that yeah uh mjolnir is made of moon rock so no dice man uh and yeah that was interesting and i don't is that is that true or is that like something that jason Aaron made up for this it's funny. He wrote he he wrote Thor for uh, almost a decade, and then you know just in in a random issue of Avengers, like oh yeah, the hammers uh, the hammers made of old moon rock. It's like mm. that wasn't like what where where was that in the Thor run, man? <laughs> but yes. yeah, no that that was a that was a thing that they put in there, and you know plot device. So I will say that I'm glad the trade included um, issues 31 and 32 because it it gives a really nice lead up into why all this is happening and why uh, Moon Knight is running around trying to steal powers from all the Avengers and beyond for Khonshu. And I really enjoyed the first uh, couple issues because it starts out with Tony Stark um, kind of time traveling back in time uh, back in like the cave the caveman era yeah and and like uh, mephisto is is the big bad we learn and um i didn't expect any of that uh, like I, like i said i went into this blindly and not knowing anything about the story and immediately just upon reading the first few pages i i thought jason aaron did a great job of it i mean it sounded exactly like tony stark yeah. just the, the writing i'm like yeah this is totally iron man and then um I thought it was really cool uh, that Mephisto was kind of behind all of this and, you know, but he's in jail, but he's kind of influencing people from behind bars like Submariner. We even see Dracula and his kind of vampire army. There's an agent Coulson, like, and also I think um, winter guardians. I'm not familiar with them, but so it's kind of like Mephisto has all these influences and he's trying to, I guess, take over the world and uh, Khonshu is aware of this. So he, I guess he wants Moon Knight to go and, and steal everyone's powers because it's the only way that they can defeat Mephisto. <laughs> um, so I'm like, well, this is an interesting setup. Okay. I do, right. I do, I do love that you, uh, so those of <laughs> in the video she puts that in quotes like defeat (laughs) mephisto it's like yeah um we're just gonna get all these powers and we're gonna we're gonna kill the devil simple 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 um (laughs) well and thank you for that context because um i didn't go back and refresh so i'm glad i'm glad someone actually did their homework for this show um and we we when we come up to speed we like we know why moon knight is going about we know about the imminent threat of mephisto and really 
a large portion of Jason Aaron's run on Avengers has been like this long drawn out implication that Mephisto is setting up a big kind of finale fight with the Avengers and he is going to do something just irreparably terrible um even i mean even the latest issue of avengers that came out a few weeks ago um here you know here in 2022 that you know that one was all about mephisto and it's still you know still kind of teasing out teasing out that in that eventual conflict with this big bad that you know is becoming more which actually i I wanted to get your thoughts on this michelle mephisto being uh like in your consciousness of like being a new fan like was was Mephisto a name that you were like oh I'm familiar with that or was he one that you're just like I don't I don't get this character um I, I'm, I'm curious to get your your read on him as a character yeah so I I was familiar with Mephisto and you know his, his name and who he was and I mean of course everybody jokes about it. he you know him appearing in every new <laughs> show and movie that's gonna come out Mephisto um, confirmed <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I so I, I knew who he was and I was kind of excited because I hadn't read a modern run really dealing with him or maybe any run. I mean, he's tied to like Ghost Rider and stuff a, a little bit or, you know, I, I don't know, but um, I thought it was pretty cool. And I love the art. The art in this, yeah. in this series is fantastic, especially the panels with Mephisto himself are just, yeah. you know pretty gnarly um and i will say too the lettering is even great in this in this because they change they change it up uh between like mephisto's uh dialogue and thor and iron man like they're different uh fonts and different colors and yeah pretty cool that actually i think that's incredibly underrated like when you look at a comic oftentimes you're not going to see that amount of like multiple styles used um it's going to be either a thought a thought balloon a narration box or a speech balloon but yeah not so in here like we have so many different types of dialogue and so many different types of ways to communicate to the reader um and even going down to like how they color the lettering that's often sometimes you don't even really notice but i'm glad you picked up on that because it is very different in this yeah, it I, is. I think it was a nice touch. Um, but so when we get into the Moon Knight storyline, though, like it starts out really, really interesting, really cool with like uh, the time travel and Iron Man and, and Mephisto. And he's kind of gathering all of these all these people to defeat the Avengers. And then it's like, oh, well, here comes Khonshu and Moon Knight to try to single handedly like save the day. Yeah. And um, I guess they they Jason and Aaron made it so that uh Khonshu's powers and Moon Knight's powers were increased because it was like the the biggest supermoon that we've seen in like a million years or something. And there's like conveni- conveniently, <laughs> exactly. And because otherwise you would question how can Moon Knight so easily go and steal the powers of Thor and Iron Fist and Ghost Rider and 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 also he doesn't really explain why he's doing it. No, not at all. <laughs> So he looks like the crazy person and he looks like the villain. And um, it's almost like Khonshu didn't want to work as a team. He's like, you know what? Instead of asking people to join us and fight Mephisto together, let's just just go rob every one of their powers and we're going to do it alone. And we're just going to rule the world and and make this the age of Khonshu. He literally takes over the world 
in order to stop Mephisto. And it is, it is bizarre. It is crazy. It's really cool. The writing's great. The art's great, but it is a, a very interesting storyline that, um, you know, we, well, I, I want to hear more of your thoughts. So I'll let you take so over for now. <laughs> two, two, two things that I've noticed, like just as, as you're talking there, uh, one in the Marvel universe, taking over the world can happen overnight. Like yeah. it just, it just happens. It's like, it's it's weird how like how casually and cavalier they just answer like and um and yeah by the end of the week Kanchu had taken over the world we're like again this feels like a marvel line event <laughs> like yeah. uh you know though this the this you know age of Kanchu is like taking over the marvel universe no uh no it just happened overnight um and the other thing the other thing that i found uh, very interesting uh, about this was that when he's like acquiring all these powers and people are fighting back and they don't know why he's doing what he's doing, just simple, clear communication skills would have yeah. saved a lot. But really, that's a lot of what Marvel comics are. It's like, hey, uh, can we all be big boys and girls and just communicate clearly? Uh, like if this happened in my kid's preschool class, like it would be unacceptable. Like, no, no, we, we say we're sorry and we, we, we apologize and we, we, we set expectations. No, in Marvel Comics, it's like, um, yeah, I just go around punching people and then we apologize at the end of the issue. It's like, yes. hold on. <laughs> but I guess, you know, then there will be no conflict. But, you know, it's, it's funny how much of the story, if Mark had just been like, hey, here's what I've got to do. Like, here's what's happening. Like, you know, the Avengers would have been on board. They would have been like, you know, Cap, Cap would have been all logical about it. And, you know, Thor would have been all gung-ho, like, yeah, let's go beat up the devil. And even Tony would have been like, oh, here's a plan. Here's a strategy. No, yeah. none of that. None yes. of that. Um, it, it, it seems to me that uh, Khonshu kind of did that on purpose because, you know, he wants to defeat Mephisto and prevent all of this, uh, ter all these terrible things from happening. Right. But he's also like, Ooh, this is my chance to take advantage of the situation and become powerful. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to have Mark Spectre go do this for me. Um, you know, because without, like, if he would have, uh, taken the, the teamwork approach, he wouldn't have been able to, to create this kind of new world that we see happen. So uh, I think it also kind of, uh, just lets us know that Kanchu isn't exactly 100% like for the greater good. He's kind yeah. of out for his own power almost, you know? He's not being completely altruistic about his, it's, it's like, you know, if, if I can, if I can defeat Mephisto and stop this inevitable like evil from rising up and also cut off a little slice for myself. Yeah. Like that'd be perfect. That'd be ideal. Um, so yeah, that's, that makes perfect sense. I, couldn't have i couldn't have said it better uh we we come to the the second the second and third it's, it's funny the, the second and third issues i feel like pair up pretty nicely because you see mark starting to realize what we just talked about that Kanchu is in this for more than just defeating mephisto and that's where mark makes that turn of like oh man now I've got to stop him. It's, you know, like, I thought we were in this together to, you know, stop Mephisto to a, to a point, you know, how much, how much are Moon Knight and Contra really in it together and on the same page um, is left up to, I guess, whatever issue of Moon Knight you're reading. Um, and he goes and he decides like, Hey, 
Um, I've got to stop him. Uh, and one one character that I found really interesting in this story, Michelle, was T'Challa. Because yeah. T'Challa is the like as as Moon Knight's taking all these powers, he's going after the power of the Panther. And T'Challa just is like, um, yeah, to get the power of the Panther, uh, you're gonna have to kill me. Right. Uh, and Moon's like, don't make me kill you. So they they I mean, put him on all these chains. And T'Challa really has, you know, the best badass moments of this of this whole line uh, of stories because he just, you know, he's he's biding his time, and then he comes back, you know, full force uh, at the end of one of the upcoming issues. And and all all of issue four is really Panther and Moon Knight fighting. And that's like that was my favorite part of the whole story um, was how they tell that. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah. But, you know, you were talking earlier about, you know, all these different cameos and all these different people that show up. What did you think about Black Panther, it, like, in this story? Because it's really, like, it's kind of his story to, to a certain degree. Yeah, he does play a big role. And uh, I, I think I'm glad that they had the Black Panther in this storyline to be the one that refused to give up his powers or that made it difficult because everyone else, it was so easy. It was like two pages of, of story and their powers have been taken away. Yeah. So I think it was smart to have uh, the Black Panther there as uh, kind of the one to put a stop to it and, and be like, no, it's not going to be that easy from, for me. And then we also have that star brand baby. Oh that, my gosh. And okay. So I don't know much so about good. that, but I, apparently just from a, a few little tidbits that they included in this run, I guess the Avengers and Thor and everyone were in space recently. And there, yep. uh, I guess a bunch of stuff went down that I don't know about, but uh, out of all that came this uh, star brand baby and Moon Knight uh, needs the baby, I guess, as part of the plan but he's being well protected by uh captain marvel i think and yes and iron, iron man. man iron man wearing a baby bjorn though <laughs> it's the greatest thing like he looks so good and it's the it's the stark the stark uh the stark enterprises like baby bjorn it's perfect it's perfect and and i think thor is uh, he names himself as the godfather of this baby <laughs> which is of great. course why not why not? Yeah, right. that, there's a, a recent story, like at the time of this, it was a recent story, I believe, called Starbrand Reborn. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it, I don't know much about the power sets of this uh, said super baby. Um, but needless to say, it's a powerful being that Moon Knight and Kanchu could really use to, you know, Moon Knight to defeat Kanchu and Kanchu to defeat Mephisto. So oh yeah. and i also forgot to mention uh we we see blade and black widow and yeah. blade is toting a a boy thing man thing it's like a tiny version of man thing on his shoulder i'm like this is new to me but it was very <laughs> cute and uh I, I was glad to see blade um show up and then i don't know if i'm getting ahead of myself i probably am but even wolverine and gene show up like randomly at the end of one of the yes <laughs> They show up at the very end, which like, I cannot wait to get there because that is like, we're, we're about to like talk about, you know, all these different powers that Moon Knight's trying to, you know, collect one of them that they've mentioned and we haven't seen yet at this point in the story is the Phoenix Force. Oh yeah, the Phoenix. And it's like, man, if Khonshu could get the Phoenix Force, like then it would be kind of game over. And uh, so it's just, it's appropriate that Gene would show up. Um, but when we get to the third part of the, the, um, 
the issue. We open up with the, you know, a million years ago, this fight is happening and it's kind of a, a caveman who's the moon knight, but he's like the, the moon cave knight. It's, it, it's that kind of archetype. What did you think of the little, like the mil, you know, the, the million years ago Avengers kind of, uh hints because that's like that's actually going to become its own comic this summer which is fantastic it's like co- going to be called uh, avengers million bc or something like that oh um, interesting okay what did you think about those like you know p- the prehistoric versions of the characters i mean i, I thought that was pretty interesting it, it played a smaller part in the grand scheme of this whole story but i think i was familiar with that idea from um some other moon knight runs like there was a a recent kang run that dealt with a, a ancient version of moon knight there's also another comic that i i read um where it, it shows that there have been multiple versions of moon knight over the centuries so it wasn't like a new idea to me okay so it, it just kind of, I, I kind of just kind of glossed over that part but it makes sense that there would have been um different versions of of all of these characters over time and i think it's cool how we started out with tony stark being you know thrown back into that same time period for some reason i guess uh mephisto wanted to to maybe i think he wanted to try to get to tony stark before like you know in the beginning of time to change yeah. the course course of history and i guess now we see that mephisto has been trying to influence people that for for centuries for millions of years and i i didn't know that they're coming out with a a new storyline like that but i will totally pick it up because i think it's really intriguing and it's it's written by jason aaron Aaron. oh cool all right (laughs) so yeah i'm I'm on board I have a, a a friend a friend of mine that helps me cover the the new Thor comics. He's been talking about this for months. Where he's like, "Man, they should do prehistoric Avengers as a comic." I'm like, "Oh, did you not hear?" Um, so yeah, I think that comes out in July or August. Um, I think it's awesome. just a limited. I think it's just a limited series. But I mean, Jason Aaron's been like planting the seeds of these prehistoric Avengers since the very beginning of his avengers run and now they finally get their own comic like that's so cool um and i love yeah. how like i love how caveman moon knight uh he has a club that just glows with moonlight i just it's so it's so silly and out there and nuts and i couldn't love it more um you know that's- i think that that is awesome and and now we learn that there's there are all these different versions of mephisto too so yes. it makes sense that you know, um, if the Avengers now in present day are seeing all these versions from different uh, universes and times, uh, you know, coming out to try to, you know, wreak havoc that maybe they have to travel back in time themselves to defeat each each version. I mean, I don't know what's going to be in store, but I am here for it and I will read it. <laughs> yeah. And, like in the first the first Mephisto that shows up is a like a gun, like a gunslinger. Like, yes. So I flipped cool. that page and I was like, what is this and where can yeah. i find more of it oh um, my god i i wanted to bring that up too because that was the coolest uh, one of my favorite parts i think of this series was the gunslinger mephisto <laughs> so cool and, and javier garone just draws the hell out of it like oh yeah th- there's um 
In fact, so speaking of Javier Garon drawing Mephisto, you should look up the um, the most recent issue of Avengers. I believe it's Avengers 55. Um, he does a two-page spread of a hundred plus versions of Mephisto in one image. Oh wow! Okay. As a as a tribute to George Perez, who who just recently passed away, um, mm-hmm. he does a he does like a, an old school like because Perez used to do that big you know big you know almost like a class picture kind of you know version of avengers and stuff and so he did it with like a hundred versions of mephisto so cool cool. so cool if you if you liked gunslinger mephisto uh (laughs) you will love that image um but but there's this um there's a few other just themes here and then um i uh the the last two issues kind of they, they they go pretty fast um but like we're we're still trying to get the the star brand child away from Khonshu and from Moon Knight. So uh, Captain Marvel and Iron Man are trying to get away, but then Mark shows up and he's like, hey, like this is all gonna go a lot easier if you give me the star brand child. And um, they're like, no, it's not gonna happen. Iron Man says, Carol, go, Carol, just go, 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 get as far away as possible. And as Khonshu is back at his temple, he's fighting off all these different versions of Mephisto that are coming to to get him as revenge. Uh, And he says, I've been killing Mephistos all day long. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And and then uh, from off panel, you see just, you know, someone yell Khonshu. And then Black Panther, like, is just there, like, just beaten, beaten up like crazy. And he's like, um, we're gonna we're gonna do this essentially, um, and I lo- I love T'Challa's like confidence because he's just like, yeah, like you you know you're you're gonna have to kill me to stop to stop you know um, I'm gonna try and stop you um, with whatever whatever it takes, um, and that ends the third issue. And you may be wondering, listeners, um, we have not heard about Thor in a while, Ryan. And uh, at last time I checked, this is still the mighty Thor podcast. Um, currently, after Mjolnir was taken from Thor, uh, Moon Knight decided to crash a bunch of moons into him. So Thor is hanging up and hanging up in the sky, you know, surrounded by all these moons. And every so often we'll get like a glimpse of like the cluster of moons up there. So we know we know he's there. He's, he's hanging out up there now for the time being. Um, but that's that's where Thor is when we start the fourth part of Age of Khonshu. And um michelle i would love like this issue well i think it was my favorite um because of just all the cool stuff that happens in this uh there's this there's this underlying theme of the the unseen one um uh who is uh without doing a full breakdown of original sin um it's basically what nick fury becomes once he's you know killed on the moon and he becomes essentially the watcher okay okay i i was gonna ask you about that because i didn't read original sin and i saw the editor's note about that and i was wondering who who this god was because he's telling mark like you're praying to the wrong god specter like you need to pray to me and i'm like who is this guy he looks pretty cool but um i didn't know anything about him yeah Um, so (laughs) original sin you know um the the you know the premise is you know who killed the watcher and you know uh-huh. they they determined that nick fury was the one that killed the watcher and then at the end uh essentially nick fury nick fury's body it, it's all weird um but nick fury becomes the watcher 
And I love that you mentioned that the theme of like, you're praying to the wrong God, you're praying to the wrong God, like, you know, Kanchu can't solve this, you know, I'm not allowed to intervene, but like you're praying to the wrong God. And then this fight begins with Black Panther and Moon Knight. And it is some of the coolest fighting I've seen, especially in Avengers, because of Michelle, because of how they fight. They're calling out their moves. It's so cool. Okay. Uh, I will. Okay. I I hate to burst your bubble, but I oh, did no. not, I did not like how they called out the moves. Oh, I really? Thought, Why yeah, not? I don't know. So they did that earlier too. When, uh, when we saw Moon Knight and Iron Fist. Right. And I just thought it kind of took away from the action itself by okay. naming, by naming all the moves as they're fighting. I mean, it, it wasn't like a make or break moment for me, but I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, it, so it gave me the like, oh my gosh, it's like I'm watching a Mortal Kombat fight. Um, okay. and, yeah. and so, you know, in my like nerdy little brain, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a great callback, guys. Um, but in between, you know, calling out their own moves, uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark gives this very like introspective narration because he keeps saying, you know, like, it's not enough. My power is not enough. I'm not enough. Like, and, and then we panther yeah. says you know uh panther says you know is is this is this enough as he's just he's just kicking the crap out of him and it, it's almost like mark mark is doing this it seemed like as a way to pray almost like he was he was willingly like taking these beatings and going through some uh, some you know just introspective uh I don't know. It was, it was definitely interesting. And, but then you see the whole time he thinks he's fighting Mephisto instead of black Panther and Mephisto is there like behind that. He's like, huh, you know, good luck. Right. At some point, like Mark, Mark and T'Challa are, are fighting and, and T'Challa's clearly got the upper hand. Like it's, it's not even, it's not even really a fight anymore. It's just kind of like, him just using mark as a punching bag right and, and mark is willingly letting it happen which is weird but then he even says um i know it's you i stopped thinking you were mephisto a few dozen punches ago um so it's just a really interesting sequence there t'challa i just wanted to catch a little bit of the dialogue that they have here because t'challa says you know st- he's got him he's got mark down on the ground and, and he's standing over him and he says Stay down, Spectre. I don't have time to kill you, which, by the way, like, great, like, badass line. Um, it's like, I've got to figure out how to stop a demented god from murdering a child. And Mark says, no, you have to finish it. You have to, you, you have to finish this prayer. And T'Challa says, like, if you want me to, if you want to die for your own sins, like, I'm not going to be your means of suicide. Like, I'm not going to kill you. Um, and he says, I, no, I, I'm not going to die. I, I need to bleed. And if you won't do it, I will. And he, he starts yeah. punching himself in the face. Um, and then you see this, um, you see this flaming bird, which we know because we've read Marvel comics before this big flaming bird comes like charging at Mark. And then he lets out that final word of Amen. Like the prayer is done. And the last page of the fourth issue is Mark just covered 
in the Phoenix Force, and he's got you know the Phoenix Force armor, which is kind of like gold, you know, gold, uh, you know, bits of armor everywhere with his normal, yeah, like the shoulder, the shoulder pads, and yeah, like the boot coverings, and he's like the fist of the Phoenix. And from here on out, I don't pray to anyone, which is just really crazy. And like back when they were still fighting, though, like um his internal moon knight's internal dialogue he says sometimes you've got to pray until it hurts you know um you can't stop praying now gotta pray until it bleeds like really like savage stuff and then it's like okay then all of a sudden he's the phoenix it's like okay damn all right then yeah now he doesn't have to pray to anyone except (laughs) himself all right well now this is gonna get even crazier like i didn't think it could get even crazier than this (laughs) And, and and as we go to the fifth issue, um, the fifth issue kind of wraps up really easily because Mark now has the power of the Phoenix Force. And when you when you have the power of the Phoenix Force, you can do stuff that other people just can't do. Um, so the, the all the heroes are, are still fighting, you know, the, the, the mummies and the zombies and all this kind of stuff. And then Mark just single-handedly punches Kanchu and all of like his powers are just like, deactivated like they're all just you know given uh, they're 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 given up and they're given away and we see the um the cluster of moons that's covering up thor kind of start to rumble you know so we know thor's still around and they're all the heroes all the avengers start fighting back against Kanshu's minions and they're winning uh and then they they now that the powers that Kanshu and moon knight had assembled are not really conscious to command anymore t'challa is calling upon this ancient power to draw the power back out from conchu and he like he gives robbie reyes back the spirit of vengeance and um the there's you know dr strange is oh yeah go ahead i I, want to talk about who else gets different powers in just a couple of pages so like you said you know people start taking the powers back from I, i so moon knight had trapped these powers in like his uh like kind of necklace charms the yeah. charms yeah the onks, so yeah. so she hulk and blade and captain america show back up so she hulk becomes she gets iron fist power and then blade gets dr strange's uh power and it's oh, this huge so cool. huge yeah so cool and i love that splash page there and it like introduces them jennifer walters the iron hulk and blade the sorcerer supreme it's like dude that's so crazy i i need i need that i need those two as a limited series today um that would be amazing and yeah the, the heroes win the day and then again this is a thor podcast so we're gonna we're gonna talk about this for a second moon uh moon knight has this you know this thought um you know that the the moon god has fallen so conchu's defeated um as robbie reyes drives him away you know chained up to the hood of his car hilarious um the sky quakes with thunder but all i hear is the burning inside my head the great cosmic inferno exploding inside of me what if i were to let it out what if i purged the earth from above like a great moon of fire what if i destroyed the deformed parasite that is human civilization and from the ashes remained remained grew something new would i be would i be the hero who saved the world by setting it ablaze and you know he go he goes into this 
conflicted inner monologue. And then he comes to the realization that um, I break the spell of darkness. I reignite the sun and I reach out with the fire from my usual madness. My name is Mark Spector. I wear white so that the bad guys will see me coming and I'll always be able to find my true self, even in the darkest night. And then my and favorite, then my favorite Thor picture, entire, so Thor, as, as that like monologue is happening, Thor is starting to break these moons apart and he bursts out of them just pissed. And yeah. he says, night of moons, hilarious. <laughs> yes. You have disrespected the hammer of the all father. And now my mallet of moon rock shall disrespect thy face. And then Mark just says, I suppose I deserve this. Yeah. Yep. And then you it sure just cuts. Do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah so that that kind of like and the Avengers have their, you know, their 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 moment where they stand over Conchu and they're like, um, which I, I found this bit of dialogue interesting where T'Challa says, You're under arrest. How are you yeah. going to arrest Conchu? That curious to me. Um, and then it just says, It is done. And um the the one of the last little pages you know it says the um it's mark you know laid out in this crater as the phoenix force leaves him said so, you know the the visions of the coming horrors still rolling uh, roaring through my head the threat of mephisto lingers the age of conchu could not stop it maybe the phoenix can and that's yeah because like after all this it's over you're like wait a minute like okay, where are Mephisto and his goons? Like, because this was such a huge threat or at least Contra made it seem that way that required them to go to these incredible lengths to steal everyone's powers. And it's like, wait, but like the the big bad Mephisto is still out there. Like there's still, you know, we we still have this threat. So um, yeah. Then kind of as our, our, you know, uh, as MCU fans will be familiar, our mid credit scene is... Gene and Wolverine talking on the moon and um, they're talking about how they can, they can feel the Phoenix force. They can feel it. Um, and um, they're, they're wondering what to do. And uh, I love this bit of dialogue um, where Gene, you know, says, uh, if you, if you should, what reasons do you have to believe that you could ever stop it? Um, you know, the, the, the coming, the coming danger. Wolverine from off panel says reasons. Oh, I've got reasons, darling. Six of them. Six of them right here. And the the last, last page, just a big, huge page of Wolverine with his, you know, you know, schnicked uh, with the claws out. And that's how age of Conchu ends. And I'm sorry that I spoiled that earlier. Oh, no. (laughs) But um, so, like I said, the trade actually has a a few extra issues, like I think two in front and two at the end. So to to me, that wasn't the end of the story. Oh, but but now realizing that just the arc uh, of the Age of Conchu arc, it ends with that cameo of Wolverine. That's a badass way to end. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, um, can you imagine getting the last page of that as a single issue and be like, well, I'm buying the next one. <laughs> yeah, and it is it's pretty neat how they they kind of like uh, wrap things up in the next issue or two with like um all these flashbacks. Uh like we see the Avengers back on the mountain realizing that 
there are still different versions of Mephisto that are threatening the world and that they need to figure out a plan. Then we get uh, flashbacks to um, how Mephisto has kind of controlled things in different points of time and yeah. uh, including like the Celestials and Thanos and Apocalypse. And then in the future, we see uh, Doom, the living planet and um like it, it's just really really cool and then it it ties it all back into howard stark at the very end who Nuts. is is like an agent of mephisto and he's i guess he's trying to become resurrected by helping mephisto kind of check off his uh, ledger of people that owe him their souls and um <laughs> because that's how issue 31 started out was uh we learned that howard stark was uh he had sold his soul to the devil and so i thought it was really neat how they they wrap it up and i and i get why they included the issue numbers that they did in this trade because it kind of yeah. comes full circle and um yeah after reading this like i want to know what happens next i don't know if they continued any of this uh in, in future uh issues of avengers or is this kind of where we we've been left hanging or well no i mean the the next big storyline was enter the phoenix um okay so uh i know how that one ends but man it, it's crazy it's been forever since i've actually read these single issues um like i have some of my avengers single issues from all the way back to like avengers number one of this run um but yeah like it it keeps kind of what I've found is when Jason Aaron writes Avengers, it's kind of like a rolling story. Like uh, you're, you're having multiple things just kind of constantly rolling over. So you'll, you'll, you know, deal with Mephisto for a little bit. And then it's like, Oh yeah, but let's do this moon Knight thing. And then it's like, Oh yeah, but Mephisto is still happening. And you know, it's, it, there's constantly moving pieces in it. So like, Mephisto was at the end of the current issue of Avengers and it was, they, they set up the story of like, Oh yeah, this is a, they're going to fight the serpent society. I'm like, really? Why? Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then at the end it was like, Oh yeah, they're fighting the serpent society because Mephisto told the serpent society to go kill a bunch of people. And it's like, Oh, well that makes perfect sense. And I don't know why I doubted Jason for a second. Um, yeah. yeah that you know it, his stories are very like ro they're very rolling so like avengers is going to be i have a feeling at the end it's going to be one of those runs where it's like if you want to get the bulk of this read the whole thing like yeah. you know uh, because like what you said like there's so many pieces that kind of are still out there and there's you know there's a lot still to be answered uh i think that it stays pretty consistent with his run like with that thought so um well that was age of contra everybody um and what i had initially intended to be like a 15 minute little chat about age of conchu turned into a total deep dive which i love total <laughs> deep dives um, sorry <laughs> no please the, the the listeners of this show they know like when i when i get on a when i find something like to really chew on like go all the way with it so um i, I, I mean, want i want to do uh another avengers read or a modern thor read because i just seeing a little bit of thor that we got in this run i wanted more of him you know what i mean so you're gonna have to give me some recommendations um after this i will be more than happy to because uh, there's a few books that jump right to mind um awesome. so let's just real quick like i you know like real quick 
talk about our feelings about Moon Knight the show. We're not going to go episode by episode. Just no, like, yeah, yeah. Um, like Moon Knight's the latest thing, you know, besides Multiverse of Madness. Um, but like, what did you think of Moon Knight? You being the Moon Knight fan out of the two of us, um, I am casual at best. Uh, so I'm very curious to hear what you thought of the the newest show. Yeah, so I'll, I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. If anyone does want an extreme deep dive into every episode, uh, breakdowns, screenshots, all that, you can uh, go to my YouTube channel at Moonlit Comics because I did a weekly episode recap and review as the yeah. show was going on. Um, but now that it's all said and done, in hindsight, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was very hard for me not to have expectations or hopes for the series and it was impossible to kind of separate that from what we got yeah uh, it was a very uh, entertaining show but it was more about egyptian mythology and did than it was uh, moon knight although i guess since he's a new character to the mcu and he's so complex um they had to start slow i guess and kind yeah. of uh, explain a lot so I think as long as we get him in the future, whether it's in uh, season two or whether we see him um, or Jake, the Jake Lockley version of him, you know, in the future, yeah. maybe it'll make this not seem as disappointing because it would it'll be necessary at that point. But if this yeah. is all we ever get of Moon Knight on screen, it, it's disappointing to me. Um you know, Oscar Isaac was amazing. I think he absolutely killed the role. And True, without yeah. him, with without him, I mean, this would have been a completely different show. Um, I liked Couldn't May. <laughs> May Callumway was was wonderful as Layla. Uh, it didn't. I don't really understand why they they changed the character of Marlene. I also don't understand why they changed. Uh, you know, his personalities around like Stephen Grant. This is a totally different version of steven from the comics and um you know they they spent all this time creating a brand new suit to debut in this series and we barely got any of him in the suit you know and i know a lot of people have gripes about that because uh we wanted more moon knight we wanted more moon knight action and more fight scenes and um yeah i, I think I did enjoy the series i i would give it like a 3.5 out of five like overall yeah. um um, you know, it's not my favorite MCU series, but I'm glad we did get Moon Knight. Um, I think it was, it was pretty well done. It was entertaining. I just think it could have been a lot cooler and they could have done so much more, you know? Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind <laughs> of my, my overall my overall take, but I did enjoy it. I did really enjoy it. I, I think I'm in the exact same camp with you. Like without Oscar Isaac, like I don't finish this show. I'll put it that way. Like yeah. without him being a complete juggernaut of an actor, like, um, and, and, and playing, you know, playing so many different sides of the DID theme. Um, it, and really just like putting on a masterclass of like how to, it kind of reminded me of James McAvoy in the movie split where, um, you know, obviously like, obviously multiple personalities in DID like that's not a that's not a topic that is like approached lightly and I'm I'm glad that I I didn't get that vibe from Oscar Isaac but it it, it is a show that's meant to entertain so I thought he both 
added some gravitas to it and he was very entertaining in the role um like but yeah without oscar isaac i don't know if i i don't know if i keep going after episode three um and i and i know like there's a lot of you know, gripes you know it's crazy michelle like after after these mcu properties come out like comic book fans have opinions on stuff and it's just nuts like they, they can sometimes take things too far which i know is not something the comic book community is known for um but like this show was good but i i you know maybe and maybe i'm missing something when like i hear people like oh my gosh greatest thing they've done greatest thing they've done i'm like uh compared to what right exactly yeah like uh you know um and and i'll admit like i'm not like i haven't been reading moon knight comics all of my life like um you know uh you know it wasn't like i was sitting around being like man when are they gonna do moon knight i'm more like when are they gonna do fantastic four are they gonna do silver surfer like when are they gonna do these characters and moon knight was kind of like one of those characters i approached with an open mind and i was like i love the cast um you know i think he's a cool design um and i kind of just left him like okay that happened and um and i was like okay now on to multiverse of madness right and you know i think a lot of people were were hoping for some type of tie-in to the mcu especially with like all of these characters like horror characters on the horizon like blade and werewolf by night and you know moon knight could easily have been tied into a lot of that stuff so i was hoping for at least uh you know some more easter eggs or teasers or you know something to to you know make us uh hopeful that this is gonna fit in down the road that that we're gonna see you know other characters or maybe midnight suns or something like that but uh, we didn't really get any tie-ins to the greater MCU, except for, yeah. I, I know um, the goddess Towerette mentioned the ancestral plane, which is a call to Black Panther. But other than that, I don't think we got anything. Yeah, like, and <laughs> that's like, if you're looking for connections to the bigger, the wider world of the MCU, like, that's not, like, it, it doesn't feel like a payoff. Like, no. you're like, oh, they mentioned the astral plane. That's so sick. Like, that's not that that's not the connection that you you know you're you're waiting for and and really like at the end like if you don't if you do not know who jake lockley is that that thing at the end you know where they they reveal the the third personality like right that like if you don't know who jake lockley is that kind of like to me i knew who he was and it still was kind of like okay where in the world is this going like probably season two um but uh yeah i think in general like i I laughed multiple times i thought the fight scenes that we got were cool Uh, i wish they would have played up more of the horror elements um because like if you're gonna go for it go for it um you know uh kind of like you know what what they did with multiverse like in the in the times where like oh man they went horror and they went horror Um, oh my god it was fantastic i loved multiverse of madness and i think sam raimi killed it i loved what he brought to the table and i would have liked to see more of that style in moon knight i mean i think my favorite part of moon knight was seeing moon knight like uh jump across the rooftops uh being chased by that jackal character like that's the type of stuff i wanted to see yeah or more street level stuff and a yeah. lot of people say they, they could have used like two more episodes or cut out some of the, you know, Egyptian kind of Tomb Raider scenes or some of the backstory. <laughs> Tomb Raider. That's great. 
<laughs> because also too, like the the story of him and uh, his brother dying as a child, like that's not from the comics at all. So it's like, I don't know. They didn't have to spend an entire episode of, you know, him and Layla in the tomb trying to find, uh, you know, the... Uh, the statue yeah. of Amit, or they didn't have to spend an entire episode giving us an entirely new origin story of his brother. And, you know, uh, it was entertaining for what it is. If I separate myself from what I wanted Moon Knight to be, I like it more than I actually do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if I don't go into it with the expectations, man, it was good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is kind of impossible because like we were in that community where we know the source material. And, and, and it is just that it's, it's inspired by the comics, it's elements taken from, and then they try to craft a story that hopefully wider audiences will engage with and be entertained with. Um, and, and sometimes that's really difficult. Sometimes it's an, it's kind of an unwinnable situation. Um, and especially with a character as complex as Moon Knight, it's like, how do we make this like widely like, yeah, like the, the, the nerds, they'll come out for it regardless. But like, how do I, the, the, the family or the, you know, the young couple who doesn't collect comics, you know, how do we relate this to them? And, you know, if that's, you know, how you're able to approach it, my goodness, like, um, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. I really do hope you enjoyed it. Um, I think a lot of people were, were confused, like people that didn't know anything about Moon Knight. Uh, the couple of people that I know that I've talked to about the show were like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Like what, what's happening? And then once you explain to them even just a little bit, they're like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. So, so maybe this was not, this shouldn't be your on-ramp series. Um, you know, I'd be surprised if there's someone out there who's like, oh, I, I, I haven't heard, you know, I haven't watched any of these MCU things before, you know, but this Moon Knight thing, like, it, I doubt that person is probably a rarity, but you know, you never know. Um, but is there anything else um, about um, our conversation, Michelle, that you feel like we didn't go as far as you wanted to, or something that you wanted to mention here at the end for the benefit of our listeners, which by the way, You've been awesome today. It's been so nice to actually just hang out with you. Um, after you know, we're we uh, uh, pack brothers and pack sisters through Werewolf yes. by Night. I hear our names at the end of every episode, and like shout out to Matt Howell and Jacob Balcom for being like the coolest dudes. Um, and uh, we got to get Matt on the podcast because I heard I heard his um, I heard his uh, what? How do I want to say it? I, I heard his uh, breakdown. He's like, oh, Jacob gets to do all these cool things with everybody. And he's like. I'm here. <laughs> so, oh, Matt, no, they are both incredible, and I did enjoy uh, the episode you did with with Jacob. And I've met so many cool people through them. Uh, I was yeah. newer to podcasts, but I discovered you uh, and others, uh, you know, because of them. And uh, yeah, I just I think it's fantastic. There's this whole podcast world out here for comic books, and I'm loving it. Um, and this has been so much fun. I know we've spent a lot more time than we intended on the That's show. Totally today, fine. It's been great. Uh, I do have a, a couple of things. So first, I would say if you're new to Moon Knight, I would not recommend Age of Khonshu or the Moon Knight series as like your first so ever anything intro. we've done today, not recommend. <laughs> it's really it's really cool like supplemental stuff you know yeah. something different something 
crazy but i would start with his early appearances like the hulk magazine backup stories and the volume one run um there's not a lot and i they they do have collected editions um of of the early moon night stuff so i would recommend starting there and really get a feel for how he was intended um you know, by his creators. So, uh, but I want to ask you kind of the flip side, like where would you recommend newer Thor fans start? Because um, like, like, you know, I'm not too familiar with Thor. I uh, haven't read any of the modern stuff. Um, I do have some Thor comics in my collection, but those are from like the early bronze age and not enough to have read an entire storyline. So I would love to know where you think I should start. And also, um, I know you said you don't collect too much, but if there was like one Thor grail that you, that you could buy, like, what would it be? So those are my two questions for you. Okay. So I love this question. I love being a guest on my own show. It's my favorite (laughs) thing. Uh, Being a guest is so much easier than being a host. Um, And that's, I I love that you said earlier, like, we're going to turn the tables. I'm like, I love that. Um, So um yeah great question especially with um those of you that are getting ready for love and thunder um which you know, so many people are doing right now and there's so many different cool things that are going to be included in this movie uh, if i'm you're so looking, excited so excited for that oh it's it's going to be the most legit um and i think some great places to start um i'll just give you three recommendations could to, to make Have it my pen <laughs> pens at the ready everybody yes. um quintessential you've got to read uh jason aaron thor god of thunder the god butcher um and i would actually recommend reading the god butcher and the god bomb because the story is 12 issues long i believe um it's broken up into two trades but the story really is i think it's it's meant to be read uh issue one through issue 12 or 13 um but yeah, God Butcher and God Bomb definitely read together. Um, if you want to understand how Jason Aaron flipped the script on the modern understanding of Thor, like that is it's it's where you begin. Because um, like the runs before that, Fraction and uh, J. Michael Straczynski, even like going back to Jan Jurgens, like they're re- they're good stories, uh, but they're their Thor stories. Whereas like when Jason Aaron took over the book, he's like, and obviously I'm not in his head, but my thought is like, okay, we'd never really focused on Thor being a God. We focus on him being a superhero, not him being a, a God in the, in the context that most of us are culturally aware of. So I would start there. And then very quickly after that, I would pick up, uh, his uh there's a few more volumes in between there there's some cool malekith stuff and some you know stuff uh, that that's fun um but then i would pick up uh thor issues one through eight by jason aaron and russell dodderman it's the introduction of jane foster as thor um okay so these these seem like essential reading before the movie comes out yeah for both gore the god butcher and jane foster right yeah i think i need to catch up and then and then like i'll give you a a way back a way back recommendation um if you can find the complete works of walt simonson um walt simonson in uh in the 80s he he reinvented thor for that generation um because you know like i told you off recording like in the 60s 
and you know the the 70s thor like thor stories were i'll say they were okay like the like good good superhero stories and, and and sometimes erring on the side of like like not essential um you know there's some cool stuff that happens but i think once simonson gets it he does that thing that jason aaron did for the 2010s where he flipped the script and was like, no, we're going to talk about some actual like themes here. And we're going to do some storytelling that's just different. Um, and Simonson started out as a writer, writer, artist. So he was doing everything. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, yeah, just phenomenal runs. And really, there's no there's really very few Thor fans that will argue with you on those two recommendations. So, um, yeah, I would do Jason Aaron, you know, Gore and Jane. And then I would read Walt Simonson's Thor. Um that thing i mean beginning to end it's just legit as hell um all of it's all of it's you know good um yeah that's what was i'm gonna i'm absolutely i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i'm just excited about these recommendations and i'm like i'm totally gonna go out i'm gonna find these i'm gonna look for trades or i'm gonna you know hunt some single issues down and like i can't wait to come back and like uh let you know what i think because uh you know i'm I'm new to thor as a character but uh i i like him you know from the from the movies and from the comics that i do have and i'm just excited to explore more of his world and and read and um just kind of really dive in so thank you very much for that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and the the second question you asked me um, was my Holy Grail comics. And some people would say like, oh, the first appearance, the first appearance of Thor, Journey into Mystery 83. Um, yeah, if I want to make a great financial decision, sure. Um, but if I want to collect a comic that's worth reading, no. Um, it's funny people like, Oh, the first appearance, like it's, Oh, it's so crazy. Like, yeah, it's not a great story though. It's not. And, and, and like, you know, like I'm not a collector. I like, Mm -hmm. I just, I read, I read stories. Um, I collect very few trades. Uh, Marvel unlimited has saved my budget. Um, and you know, I collect very few single issues. Um, and the actually, so I'll give you the one that I just got. It's kind of like a holy grail one for me. Um, my favorite issue of Walt Simonson's Thor is number 380. It's called it's Mjolnir's Song, where uh Thor fights the Midgard serpent. And mm. uh, if anyone's aware of you know Norse mythology, like mid the Midgard serpent is the the beast that's prophesied to kill Thor. Um, and oh. so that, but Michelle, that book is so cool just in its construction because the whole book is full page splashes. And this is 1987. I just pulled it out. That's yep. a cool cover too. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. Yep. Right? It's hmm, so cool. I just got that this last weekend. I got like a, a cheap reader copy um, that I've already flipped through so many times and it's just, uh, I don't know. It's it's so sick. Um, I love it. Now, my so my Holy Grail comic um, is probably not going to impress many people, but hey, I like what I like. Um, uh, so there, there's two um, that are just kind of like they're not even worth anything, but I just want them. Uh, I want uh, Thor issue 390, which is uh, it's Thor uh, along with the Avengers fighting uh, some like some space god you know it, it's kind of like villain of the villain of the of the few months that he was in it but it features the first time that steve rogers held the hammer 
Oh, okay. That's cool. I want it badly. Um, <laughs> and, and I was able to interview the artist forever ago and I want to like send it to him and be like, please sign, <laughs> please sign. Um, so I want, yeah, I want that. Um, cause Steve Rogers is my second favorite superhero. So, okay. um, I want, I want that really bad. Um, but then my, my, I'll the keep an eye out for you. Cause I know you said you don't get to do a lot of hunting. So if I ever come across that, I will let you know. And, I'll and send it's it. probably like a $3, like, bargain bin one because it, it's not from a very celebrated run um but you know it's a fun comic i love it it's weird and crazy um and i asked the author i was like so um steve holding the hammer what was that about he's like oh yeah we just thought it'd be cool like, what right? uh, um and you know iconic little, little did we know like at the end of end game um you know that would happen i would i would audibly just start screaming and giggling um <laughs> yes. so the fun one that i really want is listeners of this podcast will know this um my favorite thor villain is ulick the troll i love ulick the troll he is so okay. like i am hopelessly devoted to him and so his first appearance is issue 137 of thor and um yeah i just want it I just, I, you look's my guy and I really want it. So yeah, that's um, my long-winded response to your gracious questions. Um, no, that is awesome. I, I actually, when you said you look the troll, I was like, wait, I have an issue with him. I think he's on the cover of issue 210. Oh. Yeah. I don't um, know if you, can you see my phone there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. That's, yeah. That's one of the random issues I have. And I thought it was neat. He has like these little green, like overall, his yep, like overall yep. outfit. <laughs> And he's got, he's got these cool, like his weapons are like these big knuckles. Like, oh, it's so cool. Um, but yeah. So um, Michelle, like for, for people that maybe don't know about Moonlit or don't know kind of like what your account is about or your YouTube channel, like I want to give you these last few minutes just to tell people where they can check out your, your content. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Um, yeah, so you can find me at Moonlit Comics, one word, no spaces or underscores on Instagram and YouTube. Um, so my Instagram page, I just uh, I share books from my collection and I not only just share the covers, but I usually share um you know, you can only post 10 photos in one post. And I I'm usually always posting 10 photos of each book because I like to show people the interiors and yeah. you know. Uh, a lot of people just post books for the covers only, but like, I'm like, you know what? I, I like to show the meat of the story and I like to give a breakdown or share any like fun info I find about the creators or the series or uh, the issue itself. So yeah, like, uh, you know, if you go on my Instagram and, and look around, you'll see what I mean. But uh, yeah. that's that's what I do over there. I try to post as much as I possibly can. And I've been having a lot of fun with it. And I, I never thought I'd be on YouTube, but I just recently created a YouTube channel after yeah. being being like a serial guest on other people's shows for so long. I was like, you know, all right, I'm just going to start my own thing. And um, I did it to review the Moon Knight show, like I mentioned earlier, on a weekly basis. I've done um, review of uh, the trade paperbacks for Philadelphia, which I love. Yeah. I also have a uh, once a month show uh, called Comic Book Spotlight, where I have a different theme each month and I invite some friends to come and show off books that fit the theme. So I've done oh, a, fun. a Moon Knight episode. I, I did a, uh, a magazine uh, themed show, uh, Ghost Rider. And then actually this week I'll be doing a Doctor Strange. Oh, uh, so cool. 
Yeah. So, Man. you know, now that Moon Knight is over, uh, I have some other things kind of in the works um, now that I'll have uh, some free time, but I I've just been having a lot of fun interacting with the community and uh, adding YouTube as a kind of to supplement my Instagram and um, yeah. So I would love awesome. for you guys to find me on Instagram, find me on YouTube. I, I love to chat with the community and just get to know the awesome people that, uh, that listen to your show and that are just uh, comic nerds like us. And it's just it been great. Honestly, everybody, if, if you enjoy this show, if you enjoy uh, my little fledgling account on Instagram, uh, you know, like Michelle is actually who I've started to pattern my posts after because I Aww. used to, be, I, well, I used to be very formulaic about it and just give like nothing but, you know, like the facts, you know, and now I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to format this like a conversation like i'm just chatting with you know my friends and uh i mean I, I can't say i'm lighting the world on fire but i enjoy it a lot more um so michelle thank you so much for joining us today like this has been like it's been on the calendar for a while now and i'm just like so glad that this finally happened and uh yeah i'm i'm just uh I'm looking forward um, to see like, you know, what cool books you highlight next and you know, what like crazy things you get into, like, cause you just, so brief thing, like you just put up all the movie adaptations for star Wars a while ago. You have all oh, those books. Yeah. Yeah, oh my so gosh. Star Wars. I have the whole volume one run, but I think you're talking about the return of the Jedi as a four issue. Yeah. Series yeah. And okay. Bill Bill Sienkiewicz did the covers for all those. And uh, yeah, I was like, man, she gets it. Uh, <laughs> it's like, like, my, it's just it was so cool. Uh, anyway, thank you. Side thank you. Um, you came here for a Thor podcast and I, I would like to think that you still got one. Um, but, you know, uh, everybody, thank you so much for joining us here on Across the Bifrost next week. We're going to have another awesome guest. We're jumping right back into the Jason Aaron retrospective with our old friend, Mackenzie Lee, author of Loki, uh, Loki, where mischief lies. She's coming back and we're going to talk all about Jane and volume one of the mighty Thor thunder in her veins. That is going to be a super fun chat. And if you have kept up with what we've got coming up on our schedule, there's a lot of awesome things coming up. You're not going to want to miss a single episode. We're actually going to do a special announcement next week on the show uh, that you're, you're just not going to want to miss. Like, just trust me. If you stuck with me this long, you're not going to want to you know, leave me now. So um, everybody, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you again, Michelle, for joining us. Go follow at Moonlit Comics wherever, you know, on YouTube and uh, Instagram. And until we see you next time aboard the Rainbow Bridge, I wish you all, dear listeners, to stay worthy. <laughs>